0: see the clouds roll in I can see, see the, the winds they try to shake me I will not be moved my feet are on the rock Ooh, I can hear the waters rise I can hear the howling I feel my hope about to break. I will cling to your unchanging grace. Let the waters come and the earth give way. I'll be dancing in the rain. My feet are on the rock. Ooh, ooh. I can see the clouds in light. I can feel the joy on the. found, I stand on solid ground, when I feel my hope about to break, I will cling to you Rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, so stomp your feet and clap your hands, our feet are on the rock. On parsa solid, rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, so stomp your feet and clap your hands, our feet on the rock. On parsa solid, rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, so stomp your feet and clap your hands our
1: Um, a few messages with you and to overall just praise our awesome God together. Please take this time to greet those around you with an air high five, a wave, and a smile. During my quiet time, a couple of weeks ago, I came across a divine encounter while reading my Bible. I was in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, and it states this, directly states at the very beginning. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And I thought to myself, hmm, Uzziah, you know, that's not a name that you hear every day, right? So I decided to look up what it meant in Hebrew, and I discovered that Uzziah means strength. So I reread the verse, but instead of reading it as King Uzziah, I replaced it with the word strength. And it reads as this, in the year that strength died, I saw the Lord. Now, I believe that this is an encounter we can all relate to. We all felt strength die in a certain way last year, right? But let's not forget the second and the most important part of this verse, which is, I saw the Lord It's the divine encounter which came with the price of the loss of strength. Now, much like Isaiah, in the year that strength died, I saw the Lord as well. And it was the most divine encounter I have ever had with Jesus. And that was when he called me into the ministry and to be a pastor. Now, this encounter was totally unexpected. I'd already moved to an entirely different school to pursue exercise science and nutrition. So when this happened, I would love to say that I hopped right up and I I followed him and I trusted him, but that wasn't the case. Instead, I I questioned God, not negatively, but just to make sure he got the right person, you know. I made sure to tell him all about the time I sweat through my shirt when I had to do a presentation at school and how I was just 16 years old and that I wasn't the best public speaker. Yes, I am aware. But he said, Jenna, I know. Calm down. You don't need to have a single worry. Just go up there. I will give you what to say. I will take all your worries away. Trust me. And I said, okay, God, I trust you. And so I told my parents, my family, and the people close to me. And I will never forget when I told Pastor Julie, she totally finished my sentence for me. I said, Pastor Julie, I've been, and she said, called into the ministry. And I said, yeah, how did you know? She said, honey, I knew I was waiting on you to find out. (laughs) And I was like, well, okay. So I signed up to preach at a Faith on the Lawn service. And that day came, and boy, I was so nervous. I was afraid my papers were going to fly away in the wind and that a tree branch was going to fall down. I was prepared for the absolute worst. And I swear for those 24 hours, I became a doomsday prepper. (laughs) (laughs) But when I got up there, I was no longer worried. I was calm and felt totally at ease in God's presence. Now before, I never even thought once about being a pastor, but today, I've never felt more sure about anything in my entire life than this calling that the Lord has put on my heart. And my excitement to be a pastor grows each and every single day. So I'm curious, in the year that strength died, how did you see the Lord?
2: I don't really know how I'm supposed to follow that. She, like, actually preaches. Um, but um, uh, I've never been one for patience. My parents can attest to it. My friends can attest to it. I walk extremely fast in the hallways. I'm always the first one to finish my test. When I don't understand something on the first try, I get really frustrated. Isn't that weird? Does anyone else do that? Honestly, right now, I'm probably going to speak too fast. Anyways, I struggle with being patient. I've been told God doesn't just give you patience. He gives you opportunities to work on patience.
3: Well,
2: that's not helpful. A few weeks ago, I was playing a soccer game and I was given a great opportunity to work on my patience. And this game was a rivalry game and it was super important and emotions were high and it was like, all the things, a perfect storm of like, everything was about to blow up. It's about to blow up in my face. and. We ended up winning, or we were winning 1-0 in the last couple of minutes, and gets down into the box, and um, we're not gonna talk about what actually happened, because that's, depending on who you ask, you like ask different people, it's a different story, but I ended up getting kicked out of the game.
4: <laughs>
2: um, I don't think I should've been kicked out, but I was, and Conversely to what people think, you can't change the ref's mind by arguing. (laughs) It does not work. I didn't even try. I didn't even try. I just, I know what I did, and I disagreed with him, but I chose to walk away. So that that was my first opportunity to work on patience. And then I was given a second opportunity to work on patience. He gave me two in one day, like 20 minutes apart. And it was... When I was crying on the bench and my coach came over to me and she says right now it's not about you it's about your team and you need to be the best teammate you can be because they had scored when I was kicked out so now it was 1-1 and it was the end of the game and now we were going into overtime so I was on the bench for overtime I was standing up, I was clapping, I was cheering my teammates on, and like, trying to be the most positive, I could, positive and best teammate I could be. 2 Chronicles 15.7 says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. I was not rewarded with a win. <laughs> my team lost, and I was destroyed. At the time, I was not aware God was working in my life, but looking back, he rewarded me with something much greater and longer lasting than a win. He gave me patience with myself, with others, and in my unfortunate circumstance. I've probably still been speaking too fast, but the main point is that sometimes you don't recognize God is working in a situation. Sometimes you don't recognize the divine encounter until after the situation has already happened, when you're reflecting back. I've learned the importance of reflection in building my awareness of God's work in my life.
0: I tried, I couldn't count the ways. Not enough of words for me to ever say. Just how good, how good you are to me. Yeah. How could
5: So many of them more are here today, so so proud of them. We're going to enter into a time of announcements with a little song. I've been working on the railroad all the live long day, and you can add that plural. So yes, we have been gearing up for Vacation Bible School, and if you don't know what the theme is for this year, it's not my fault. <laughs> Yeah, Rocky Railway, where Jesus' power pulls us through. And last year, we had to do it virtually. This year, we're doing that same Vacation Bible School because it's an important message, isn't it, Teresa? It's important. Jesus' power pulled us through 2020, and here we are in 2021. And we have 160 kids coming for Vacation Bible School this year and yes woohoo so we trust jesus that it's going to be a great week and um, we are so excited so and since it is youth sunday i just want to thank all the youth because if it wasn't for the youth we could not have vacation bible school at this church we have many yes give my hand we have many adult volunteers but all of you youth that are serving in vacation bible school this week will you please stand Thank you so much for helping us out being crew leaders. That's right. Um, they're such great role models for the little ones coming up. So I appreciate all of you all serving as, um, as uh, crew leaders for Vacation Bible School, even though I did had to trace you down and, and follow you around youth for about three weeks with my computer. But <laughs> no, they were willing. They just don't have time to sign up. So All right, I'm going to hand over the rest of the announcements to Mr. Nathan Soren.
3: So, as Kelly said, my name is Nathan Sorn. I'm a senior here in the youth program. There it is. I'm going to be going over a couple announcements. Let's see. First thing is, welcome again to Youth Sunday today. It's such a good uh, thing to be back here with you guys. Uh, The first thing I have, to live out our version statement, knowing Jesus and making Jesus known, we will continue to offer our monthly outreach challenges that will give all of us ways that we can make Jesus known in our community. Look for the monthly challenge on the E-News, on the church app, and on social media. June's challenge is making Jesus known by supporting local families that are transitioning, ho- transitionally homeless. Family Promise of Butler hosted their annual dot dash, continuing the dots so that every child has a home yesterday You can still participate by doing the walk virtually or check out their wish list of needed items on the Family Promise website. And today is this month's Next Connect, a half-hour gathering to help folks learn more about what we believe and how you can connect to our ministries. So stop in the church library in the main lobby right outside the doors today after this worship service to learn more about the community. We would like to thank you for your contributions to Faith Community United Methodist Church. What you give matters to many things happening in the life of this church, like us, the youth. There is a new wooden box out in the lobby for you to place your offering in on your way out today. So, I'm also giving a message now. (laughs) Give me one second, hold this up. So I'm going to make this short and sweet. Over this past year, we've gone through a lot of crap. It's been terrible on the seniors this year and on everyone else. But in Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, it says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. This really speaks to us throughout this whole year because we have gone through a lot, and God tells us to use love and to be courageous and stay strong. Carrie Rader is up next.
6: Thank you for the nice introduction. My name is Carrie and I'm also a senior this year. Unfortunately, mine will not be short and sweet. It's like a page and a half, I apologize. (laughs) So the Old Testament has always intrigued me. There are so many stories that demonstrate God's amazing power. He has split seas, brought down kingdoms, and protected his people in the fire. I find that often God likes to have completely impossible odds before he shows his mighty power. One of my favorite examples of this is in 1 Kings 18. The prophet Elijah challenges the 450 prophets of Baal to make a wooden altar with a bull as a sacrifice and to have their God set it on fire. Then he will do the same, and whoever's God answers will be proven to be real. So the prophets of Baal set up their altar and call on him. Morning to evening passes, and nothing happens. Elijah then makes his altar with a bull sacrifice and has 12 large jugs of water poured on it. And there is so much water that the large trench around the altar is completely filled. Then Elijah prayed to the Lord, and God set down fire. In fact, he burned the soaked wood, evaporated the water in the trench. There was that much fire. Those that witnessed this miracle recognized God as his true God, and the prophets of Baal were killed for their crimes. Amazing, right? Well, that's not what this message is about. In fact, just the opposite. In chapter 19, literally the next chapter, Elijah is running for his life. The queen of Israel, Jezebel, is not happy that all the prophets of her favorite idol are dead and orders for Elijah's murder. The completely discouraged prophet runs away and asks God to take his life. God doesn't. Instead, he provides sleep and food to Elijah before leading him to Horeb, which verse 8 describes, as the mountain of God. Here we are. A day after Elijah proved God's existence to many, he felt discouraged enough to give up on life. And how many times do we feel like giving up after God has shown his mighty power? And God attends to Elijah's physical needs. Not only does this prove the inherent goodness of food and a nap, but shows that we cannot ignore the needs outside of the spiritual ones. We are both physical and spiritual beings. To ignore one is to hinder the other. At Horeb, which many scholars believe is also Mount Sinai, Elijah talks to the Lord. And here's where I want to focus on. In verses 11 through 13, God demonstrates a very important truth. It reads, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. God came as a whisper, a gentle, gentle word of truth. And I think many of us want the wind, the earthquake, the fire, but that only does so much. It gets our attention, but it can't convict us. It can't draw us closer to the Lord. Only his presence and only his word can change hearts. In our series on divine encounters, don't look for the large gestures. Certainly God does use them. In fact, he gave one to Elijah just the day before. But that didn't help Elijah in the same way his quiet presence did. And all of my memorable encounters from God have been quiet voices. I will hear words of instruction, correction, and affection at random times that I know come from God. But in the latter part of 2019, I noticed I hadn't heard anything in a while. So I started praying to hear something from God, anything. And nothing came for months. I began to wonder if I'd messed up and God wasn't talking to me because he abandoned me. And that time I to hope for a greater sign, like a crack of thunder. And at the end of January in 2020, I went to worship together with the rest of my family. I was certain this would be the time I would hear from God. And towards the end of the first session we were worshiping, elevation worship was playing their song here again. The first sign of the bridge in that song is not for a minute was I forsaken. The moment those words left my lips, I heard a voice in my head, maybe stronger than I'd ever heard before, say, I am here. And that was it. And that was all I needed. I didn't need wind, an earthquake, or fire. I needed a gentle reminder that God's presence was with me wherever I go. This reminds me of one of my favorite Psalms, and that's probably my favorite book. Out of all 66 books of the Bible, that's the one I go to the most. Psalms 46, nine through 11 says, he makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God certainly does use fire. He does miraculous signs so the world will know that he is God. Because our God is a God of justice and of wrath and of power. But he's also a God of love and of comfort and of hope. He tells us to be still and to know that he is God. And that's when he changes hearts in the stillness, in the quiet reminders of his presence, and in the whisper of hope he gave Elijah.
7: Hi, uh, my name is Ben. I'm a freshman. Uh, as we go to a time of prayer, let's take a moment to to go silently to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for this chance to be together in your name. I pray that everyone who was who lifted up concerns and requests in your name silently. Feel your comfort and peace as you answer each in your time. Please be with us throughout the rest of this service as other teens stand to talk about you. Give them the courage and peace to know you're with them, just as you are with me right now and always. Be with the seniors, Lord, as they begin a new phase in life. Help them to always feel a home here, but to know that you are with them wherever they go. Help us all to remember you in everything we do and always be your example just as you set the example for us every single day, even teaching us how to pray as you did with the disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom power, their glory forever.
4: the plans that heaven has for you will all too soon unfold so many different prayers i pray for all that you might do but most of all i want to know you're walking in the truth and if i never told
8: I made a mistake following that, I think. Uh, I'm not giving a message today. So you won't have to worry about that going too long. But I'm speaking from my heart about the seniors. So we'll see. Uh, If the seniors could come and stand up here, everybody, every graduating senior, whether you're in the slideshow or not. And my lovely assistant is going to hand out uh, bags and gifts. And uh, if you didn't get one today, I have it in my office. So don't worry. Let's give them a hand. Just a couple of weeks ago I started my third year here uh, and in some ways it seems like I've been here a lot longer than that, in some ways it seems like I'm still really new, but several of the seniors that you see standing here were in that first interview that I had and I just remember how welcoming they were. And I remember how ready they were to, to just meet me, to talk, to, to learn, to share, to play mafia, to just do fun things. Uh, in the ministry, as a youth pastor especially, there are a lot of things that get easier the longer you go. So uh, Jenna mentioned being sweaty and nervous when she public speaks. I still get that. But that gets a little easier. You get more used to it. You get more used to talking, to preparing lessons, to, to meeting people, things like that. But saying goodbye or letting graduates go, that's one of the things that gets harder and harder because the, the longer you're somewhere, the, the closer you get to them. And as I look over, uh, it's hard. I'm so proud of everyone standing there. You saw the slideshow, you saw their, some of their plans and just everything that they're doing. Uh, you've seen some of them speak today. Uh, Even if they didn't speak, you've seen their lives in this church just as they stand up for the Lord in a world where that's not popular. But they don't care. And just looking at them and talking about them, it's so easy to take for granted that they're here. But it's so important that they are. And this right here is such an amazing chance not just to say goodbye and good luck and congratulations, but to say thank you. To say thank you. I can't look too long. To say thank you for being an example to to the children, like Kelly said, to the other teens, to let's be honest, to the adults. In the planning of this service and the working of it, just how much of a leadership role each of them take. And I could easily go Whether I know you very well or not, I could easily go person by person and just go even longer than this, talking about each of them. I'm not gonna, don't worry. I wouldn't make it through all of them anyway. But I do want to say this to you guys, and then I'm going to say something to you guys. Just because they're graduating, they're not gone. For one, they're always welcome back here. Obviously, this is their home. The youth group is their home. They're always welcome to come back to help, to hang out, whatever. But sometimes in churches, especially when it's out of sight, out of mind, because we meet once a week or so, but continue to pray for them, continue to be a part of their lives, continue to let them know how much you love them, how proud of them you are every single day. Because when they're at college or or at work or in the military, wherever they're going, they're there with the Lord and they're carrying the faith banner with them. And so remember that and honor that and remember how much of a blessing they are. And now the harder part. To you guys, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud to be here. I'm so glad that my my calling brought me to this point, this time. I cannot imagine a world where I didn't know you. Uh, Even though some of you wrongfully believe LeBron's better than Jordan, still, there's grace in that. I know that you will do great things you're already great and I know you'll be successful because you're already a success I know you guys are gonna have an impact bigger than you even imagine right now regardless of what field you're going into regardless of what you do in life I know you're going to have an impact please know that yourselves know that God is with you know that we all love you and we're praying for you know that you've got this that you are enough you never have to change for anybody you are enough as you are. Just continue to grow, continue to stand, continue to be who you are. And you always have a home here. You always have a home wherever I am. Any time throughout college, any time throughout your life that you need to reach out, my contact information is very public, as any telemarketer can tell you. <laughs> so unlike the cicadas, which I'm very glad to see go soon, and I hope they do because I hate them and I carry a tennis record around, I want to see you guys again. And just know that I love you, each of you. I'm so proud of you. And you deserve all of this and more. The gifts, not Rob. You deserve all of this and more. We're going to give you one more hand, and then I'm going to pray with you. As soon as I pray, keep standing there and Rob will go through the line. And as I said, if your bag isn't there, it's in my office, I promise. So just find me after service. Please bow your heads. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the men and women standing next to me right now. For these leaders in the church, for these seniors that have gone through so much, who had a, a, a junior or senior year like no other. Who had to deal with things that none of us, none of us in this church have ever had to deal with, and yet they've come through even stronger, even better. They've come through just with such a purity of leadership, such a power. I ask that you help them to to remember that. Remember everything they went through this past year. Remember everything they dealt with. Remember all of the obstacles they faced and know that that proves they can get through anything with you, with each other, Help them to keep in touch, not just with me, not just with the church, but with each other. Help them to continue to live a life of light, of witness, of example for you. And I thank you for them, Lord, and I know that they will be successes. I ask that you help them to know that. Help them to feel that each and every day. Help them as they go forward into the world to continue being your church, to continue being your example, to continue being your hands and feet. Thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to say thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Yeah!
0: Unstoppable, all things are possible in you. God of exceedingly, God of abundantly, more than we ask or think, Lord, you will never fail. Your name is powerful, your words unstoppable, all things are possible.
9: Good morning. Is this on? Okay. (laughs) My name is Riley Oldfield, and I'm a senior. As I was preparing to give this speech, God led me today to talk about prayer. Prayer is one of the most important ways that God communicates with us every day. Building a relationship with God through prayer can provide us with some of the most powerful divine encounters. A few months ago, I began listening to a very popular pastor, Craig Rochelle. I have listened to many of his sermons and podcasts and even read a couple of his books. But one sermon has continued to pop into my head to talk about this morning. I'm going to begin by reading out of 1 Samuel 3. If you have your Bibles, please take them out and follow along. Starting in verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Sometimes we find ourselves in the same position as Samuel. Samuel heard the Lord calling him, but he mistook it as Eli calling him. With a raise of hands, how many of us here today have a schedule that looks something like this? (laughs) With mass mandates finally being lifted, many of us are beginning to have less and less time in the day. We find ourselves with every day jam-packed with events and errands. It is too often that we find ourselves consumed by the things of this world. Paul states in Philippians 3, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I wonder how many of us here today are finding ourselves in Samuel's shoes, mistaking what the Lord is telling us with what the world is telling us. How many of us are holding onto our crazy schedules so hard that we are forgetting to take time to listen to what God is telling us. Samuel prayed a very dangerous prayer. Speak, for your servant is listening. I want to leave you with a challenge for this week. I challenge everyone here today to to take time each day this week listening to God. I challenge you to clear out a few minutes each day of your busy schedules to spend in God's presence. In order to hear God, we must do these three things. Number one, we must be still before God. Psalm 4610 states, be still and know that I am God. God speaks to us in many ways. He speaks through his word, he speaks through his people, he speaks through circumstances, and he speaks through his spirit. God is constantly speaking to us, but we are often too overwhelmed with our end schedules to hear him. Speak, for your servant is listening. Number two, we must be willing. We must be willing to do what God leads us to do. If you dare to pray this dangerous prayer, you must be willing to do what God speaks of you. God doesn't want us to simply come to church every Sunday and sit in our usual seat and maybe even sing a few songs. God wants us to be the church. We must be willing to to lose everything, just to know Jesus and make Jesus known. Speak, for your servant is listening. Number three, we must be ready. If we dare to pray this dangerous prayer, we must be ready to move into action. God never gave an assignment to anyone in scripture that was easy to fulfill. God took everything away from Job to test his faith. God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach to rebellious people. God asked Noah to build an ark in the middle of a drought. God asked Daniel to spend a light in a a lion's den. God asked Jesus to live a sinless life full of persecution. As Christians, we are not called to live easy lives. Speak, for your servant is listening. As my time comes to an end, I want to challenge everyone here today to pray this prayer every day this week. Spend time listening to God and having divine encounters with him. But remember, if you pray this prayer, you must be ready and willing to do what he asks.
10: I'm a senior here at the church um, and today I want to talk about one of my favorite verses verses it's Philippians 4 6 so Philippians 4 6 says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done so if you can't tell I'm a little nervous so I'm kind of a big warrior that's um, been a big thing throughout my life I worry about things that are little um, but I found this verse and it's been really encouraging to me um, And so, like I said, I just graduated high school. And one of my biggest stressors in this past year, along with COVID, has been picking a college. Um, So I had about five or six colleges on my list. And I was really struggling picking one. And I was kind of stuck on this loop of I needed to pick one of these ones that I was applying to. Um, And I couldn't ever kind of find one that was perfect. And I couldn't really, things that I liked my parents maybe didn't like or things that my parents liked I didn't really like. and so I just started praying about it. And I had other people praying over me, which was in- extremely encouraging, extremely helpful. Um, and at one point, a friend of my mom's actually ended up talking uh, to her about Dayton. She said, you should, go. You have, should have your daughter go check out Dayton. Um, as soon as I walked on the campus, it just felt kind of better. It felt like the most comfortable there Um, and my tour guide was amazing and I ended up really loving the campus and I continued to pray and God kept kind of pushing me back so I kept like going back to the website and looking about up more information Um, and I started I did a couple of uh, video chats with teachers and it just felt more right so that prayer was really big for me Um, another thing that I did with prayer is I started just praying anytime I was worried so I would get really worked up and really anxious about something, and no matter where I was or who I was with or what I was doing, I would just sit down, I would stop, and I'd take a few moments to pray, and I would just feel the anxiety kind of leave me, and it was almost like God was whispering, like, hey, I've got you, I'm here, everything's going to be okay, I've already got this worked out. Um, so the second part of this verse is also really important. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So I feel like a lot of the times when we pray, we pray about the things that we need. We pray about the things that we're worried about. But that second part of that verse, thank him for all he has done, also helps you focus on the positive. If you focus on, you know, a good day with your friends or getting to see your family who you haven't seen in a while or getting a new job or getting a good grade on tests for students out there, um, it helps you focus on the positive things of life as well. Um, and that's kind of what I started doing. Um, So I just encourage you that the next time you're worried about something or the next time you're anxious, just stop for a moment and relax and take a breath and just pray and talk to God, and he'll let you know that he's there.
11: You've probably heard this like 10 times this morning, but good morning. Uh, My name is Luke Shambo. I'm a senior here at the youth group. Um, So in case you didn't know, we're talking about divine encounters. I don't think you've heard that mentioned at all this morning. Um, That's a big thing. I mean, that's a kind of a big word. It's got a lot of weight behind it. Um, I think it's important to know, it's important to realize is that whatever you treat that phrase as, it's different for everyone. I am a firm believer that God works miracles, we're saved through him, we can do anything for him. But for me, the term divine encounter doesn't need to be big. I have had not some sort of life-changing moment. It doesn't mean I feel apart from God, it doesn't mean I feel discouraged, it's just that I feel a lot of things have come together slowly for me. I apologize if that's really boring, that's not what you wanted to hear, but I think it's taught me a lot and it can teach you a lot too. I believe having patience with God is really important. but I also learned you have to know what you're waiting for. If you accept God into your life, it's a great thing. but where do you go from there? What do you expect to happen? What are your next steps? In the practical sense, your life pattern does not change overnight. You will probably wake up the next morning at the same time, go to work or school, you'll eat, you'll drink, breathe, walk, talk, you'll do everything you normally do. The difference, is how you are living that same life. And that's where I think we have our divine encounters. I'd like to read a bit from the book of John. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17 say, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. This is just one of my absolute favorite passages because it emphasizes that message of love, and that love is what I feel is my opportunity to have a divine encounter every day of my life. The best thing God has done for me is to motivate and empower me to live my life with love. I really think there is no greater thing you can do with that. And Jesus repeats that love is his command. I mean, that's as straightforward as it gets. This passage also talks about love being laying your life down for friends. And I feel that if you are seeking a divine encounter, you should do exactly that. Whatever you are laying down, whether it be your time, your support, your talents, whatever it may be, if you are using, God, using what God has given you for the better of the people around you, I can promise you that you will encounter God. The important thing is whether big or small, it has to be you that makes the effort. Jesus says, says to me one of the most comforting and reassuring things in this passage, in verse 15 when he says that we did not choose him, but instead he chose us. That is so powerful because if we want to follow what we buy into when we follow Christ and live like him, We have to be willing to choose the people around us. I think this is a possible scenario, but I think it would be really rare if someone came up to you and said, please, whatever your name is, please Luke, show me Jesus, show me the love of God, tell me everything you know about him. I just, that just does not happen. We have to be the ones that are willing to reach out. I mentioned earlier about knowing what to wait for and knowing what to expect. Well, if you're waiting on anything, wait for god excuse me sorry wait for god to show you where to show your love i do think it is good to show love wherever you can but god will put you right where you need to be in time just trust that and for expectations expect god to put the right people in your life at the right time so you can have an impact on them and they too can have an impact on you with all that jesus says about love and friends we cannot live in faith by ourselves So go today and find those opportunities to love. I promise you won't regret it, because if you encounter others through love, you will encounter God. Thank you.
1: You want to?
12: Thank you so much, youth. I am so proud of you. Let's give them a hand, would you? Thank you so very much. How special these kids are. You know, friends, uh, I have a heart for our children and youth and you, parents. You know, we oftentimes reach out to those who are left out in society. I'm going to tell you a group that I find left out a lot is our children and youth. If you sit and listen, if you watch what's going on, if you pay attention, you start raising your eyebrows and wondering. And i got to tell you, we as a church, if you care about people, if you care about the country, if you care about our culture, you need to pay attention. You need to rally around our youth. They're not only the future, but they're part of the church today. Grandparents, we need you. Aunts and uncles, we need you. If you're a couple and you don't have children, we need you. If you're single, we need everyone. These youth need you today. Our young people are going into the academy. I've lived a lot of my life in the academy, uh, in the university world. It breeds a lot of different kinds of thinking. It's publish or perish. And lots of kinds of meta narratives and worldviews that our young people are going to face in this culture. Friends, we have got to rally together to pray for these kids and their parents. We're all busy. I saw that slide and we all chuckled because we know our lives are like that. We are going bananas with so many things in our lives. Friends, we've got to stop and we've got to support these kids. We've got to support the parents. I would love to see a church ...that is full of young people. And they're here, but they're busy on the soccer fields, all the other things of life that we all enjoy. But we as a church have got to be praying for our parents and these children. We love our children. We're about to see a big display of this this week as we have a couple hundred children or so coming into the church. And uh, we need your prayers, your support for Vacation Bible School... And for these wonderful youth, thank you so much to uh, Mary back there, Mary Shambo, and Kelly, my wife, and Jeff, and all these beautiful young people. Thank you so much, so much to be proud of and find encouragement. I hope you've been inspired today as we've come to just be part of their lives. And I can't tell you how much your presence means just being here today. Means so much. Will you stand as we close in our time of worship here together, and uh, let us let us uh, be in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you so much for the gift of this day and for this church that stands with young people and children. We pray your blessing upon the seniors as they go into this world. That, Lord, they would stay in touch with you. That they would realize the inconsistency that so many people are living under and that they would stay grounded in the foundation. Bless these parents, Lord. What a challenge. Bless the grandparents today. Bless all of those, Lord, who work with youth and children. And our Vacation Bible School this week. Wrap your arms around each of these youth and encourage their hearts. Let them know how thankful we are for their gifts and graces and their sharing with us today. Hear our prayers, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks and God bless to each and all of you. Have a wonderful day.
0: Rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, so stomp the feeding, clap your hands, our feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid, rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, so stomp the feeding, clap your hands, our feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid, rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, so stomp your feeding, clap your hands, our feet are on. When I feel my hope about to break. I will cling to you all.